Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. My name is Daniel Dopp with Stefania Bell and Field Jates here on this Friday, November 10th. Stefania, how you doing? I am doing well. I am doing well, too. Field, how about you? I am doing well as well, Daniel. We had a massive Thursday night bonanza last week. Last night, I should say. We did. Uh, The Bengals and the Ravens have a lot to live up to next Thursday Thursday night. night. Let's just put it that way. This game was very not exciting. We will get into that a little bit. It depends on who you root for, Daniel. Uh, That's true. That is actually, that is very true. We'll get into that game in just a little bit. We're going to have a bunch of injury updates, Stefania, as well as a full uh, preview of the Week 10 slate. But first... Guys, we're wearing a couple of shirts. Mm. I was really excited about this. Stefania has one. We all have different shirts here. Just want to quickly shout this out. This is a, uh, I got a shirt of Bijan Robinson with a little Robin Williams on it. it says, it's not your fault, Bijan. It's not your fault. Field Wait, has one too. Drake that's because I have a Drake London shirt. And it also says... It's not your fault. It's not your fault, Drake. And for those that are wondering, like, is this Supreme? Is this like, yeah, uh, you know, one it? of like one of those trendiest brands around? Stefania has it as well, so you know it's got to be a trendy brand, right? Oh yeah. It's, uh, oh, is that Kyle Pitts? Everyone's favorite missing player, Kyle oh. Pitts. Ooh, Kyle, Pitts. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. And what does it say on your shirt? Uh, oh. It's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault. fault. It's not your fault. Thank you Kyle so much, Pitts. Robin Williams, for making sure that we know it is not any of these Falcons players' fault. Shout out to Goodwill Hunting. Such a fun movie, by the way. All time great movie. How does it? How do you not feel this way about these Falcons? We'll dive into them a little bit later when we talk about rankings. But I, I thought this would be a fun yes. thing to Hold be on. Very quickly though. This is not supreme for those that are wondering. You cannot go drop 420, not Gavinci or, or, or Gucci or whatever these. Nope. Did you various, just say Gavinci? Whatever. I don't know what that is either. Givenchy? Giv- oh, whatever. Wow. Givenchy, Gucci, whatever. This is Daniel Dopp Express. Yeah, just making these at home. Rosie Dopp made these at home. So uh, if you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, dial them up by calling the voicemail line on the squirrel report. On the squirrel report. And you can request a t-shirt. That's right. We're going to get a bunch of those. That'll be be a lot of fun. too. Makes my arms look kind of big, which is... Givenchy. Sorry. (laughs) Givenchy. Whatever. Cartier. Is that another one you like? Cartier. I thought it was Cartier. It is. Okay, never mind. All right, we're going to move on. Jump the shark, right? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Week 10 injuries. Stefania, you're going to help set us up we're going to start with the Bengals because we got a pair of superstar wide receivers what can you tell us about Jamar Chase and T Higgins for week 10 yeah Jamar Chase if you saw it you know how he landed on his back and it just looked like a hurt like you felt the pain through the television set um he did not practice on Wednesday now he did come back and do a little bit on Thursday it's a contusion luckily no major structural damage but very very painful and the question is just can he be out there Uh, I think it will go up to the game time potentially game time decision but he's aiming to get back said he's been doing hyperbaric oxygen treatment as that sounds fancy but just you know oxygen promotes healing so Ah. uh, i think he's making the point he's doing everything he can to get out there um t higgins limited wednesday did not practice thursday when you see limited followed by did not practice always makes you wonder did they do something in practice sounds like that was the case for t higgins now with a hamstring issue Mm. these are not fun with wide receivers we talk about this all the time uh Here's the thing. He's been, he had not been doing great. Like he finally came back in week nine and had a T Higgins like game yep. after the rib issue that had compromised him for a bit. Now the hamster, you see, he played 55 snaps. Mm. You see that high jump in utilization. Maybe not a surprise that a couple days later he ends up with a hamstring issue. So I'd be a little more concerned about his status. In the Gosh. event that both are out, obviously we know Tyler Boyd will see a big tick in targets. Trent yep. Norwin will see some work as well. And keep in, uh, keep in mind this name, Andre Yoshivas from 
The school Princeton. that's Stefania Bell built. Princeton wow. University. Caught a touchdown a couple weeks ago and an interesting, very big-bodied athletic prospect. Uh, yeah. he, he's one, also a wonderful a human deep being. league dart throw right there. They both are out, but it sounds like Chase has a chance. For what it's worth, Field doesn't know how to say Cartier, but Andre Yoshivash, the <laughs> fifth-string wide receiver from the Bengals, you got that one down pat, man. That's, right. that's what it's all about. All right, let's talk about some, Vikings, matters, some really. Vikings players, too, Stefania. Just like those two, we got a couple of superstars with Minnesota. Justin Jefferson potentially wondering if he will be back for us here in week 10 and what's up with TJ Hawkinson as well. So Justin Jefferson, everybody waiting on him after the hamstring went on IR and looking towards his possible return. He did have his practice window opened. He has been out there, but he also made it clear. He doesn't want to come back till he's a hundred percent. Really hard to tell if you're a hundred percent, Justin, I hate to tell you this about a hamstring injury. There's no way to really know until you're testing it. Mm. That being said, I think they're thinking what we're all thinking now that we've seen what Josh Jobs can do in Minnesota in the absence of Kirk Cousins and that you certainly don't want him going back out there and having a setback. So I do think that Justin Jefferson is a little longer before we see him come back. I don't think it's this week. TJ, TJ Hawkinson with a rib injury based on both what Coach Kevin O'Connell and Hawkinson have said. I do expect him to play. And it's good not, to hear for you, Daniel. And it's not just that, too. Yes, that is You're good to hear. That's, act, that's very accurate. I mean, really, I should just be asking that, you yes, what's your status. True. I don't yes, know why yes. I'm going Breathing through okay? these. Yeah. yeah, everything feels good, so I have no problem. We'll be, we'll be starting TJ Hawkinson this week really quickly, too. If we're not going to have Justin Jefferson, it has been at wide receiver Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne has been in the concussion protocol. Any chance we will see him, or will we have to go deeper than that within this receiving court. Well, that remains to be seen. TBD. All right, Brandon we'll talk about that on Powell FF now. Brandon a name to keep an eye on for this yeah. weekend as well. There are going to be right. some interesting dart throws this weekend. I can tell you that much. Not Long excited shots. about Can't that. And with all the notables on by. Yes. Could be there are plenty of them mm-hmm. as well. All right, let's talk about a running back here. Aaron Jones. Yeah, this one's fun. Yeah. So tell the me about fun, it. Fun, yes. I, I, fun <laughs> is seeing Aaron Jones when Matt LaFleur said he's going to be unleashed. Seeing it actually seeing happen, it happen. Oh. seeing yes. that he was unleashed. Aaron Jones, look at his utilization, 20 for 73 and a touchdown on the ground. Also had a few catches. Also, if you look at the number of snaps, he's increased from week 7, 21, week 8, 30, week 9, 39. And it's the snap share, too, with A.J. Dillon only having 10 touches total oh. last week. I think we saw Aaron Jones look like Aaron Jones for the first time since week one. And you might be wondering, so why is he on the injury report? Well, this is a way of managing a player. You know, we just talked about a situation uh, with T. Higgins where maybe having a high volume after not then puts you at risk. So this sure. is the way the Packers control his activity, protect him. Uh, no words of any kind of setback. I think this was management across the week. I expect Aaron Jones to be fine. Not all questionable tags are created equally is what I just learned. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this one we actually feel okay about. Love to see him back. We've been waiting to get Aaron Jones back in our fantasy lineup. Couldn't happen. Yeah, hope you started at a better time. Last week. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, a couple more quick fire ones here. Stefania, the A4 mentioned Drake London. It's yeah. not his fault. It's not he's his not been fault. Playing well. Not his fault. He had a groin injury either That's and was right. forced out of last week's game. Limited practice this week. Expect him to go. I All think right. Th- was he upgraded to full yesterday, Drake London? Uh, yes, he was. There you go. Even better. Yeah. Awesome. Even better about that. All right. How about Josh Field Downs? Managers. We talked about him earlier in the week with that knee injury, Stefania. Any better with him or should we plan to go a different direction? Well, here's the thing. There were two Colts who didn't travel to Germany. He was not one of them. Yeah. So it's interesting that he went, although he has yet to practice. So That was weird. Yeah. It uh, makes me think that 
door might be ajar for right. him, but he only played 12 snaps before he went out yeah. with uh, aggravation of that knee injury last week. So I would think they'd be a little more hesitant about putting him back in after that happened, but we shall see. Super weird. Yeah, I just feel like even if, like, unless it's a 100%, let's call it like a 75% chance you play, like, do you really get a guy on a nine-hour flight there and back for three days? Sometimes it's a way of like, hey, we want him here to rehab with us, or he's an additional piece he can huh. be used selectively. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of factors. I kind of thought he might be ruled out too, but um, I, I not. Maybe he's always what, wanted to go to Germany, guys, and he. And maybe too. that's you know it what? too. Is like, like maybe he's a really good cheerleader. Too. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Good in the locker room. Team decided to take him with him. We'll find. We'll figure out a little bit more about Josh Downs a little later on this weekend. Again, check us out on FF now, like you do every Sunday morning. Yeah. Stefania, let's talk about Nico Collins too. What can you tell us about him? CJ Stroud's great pass catcher. Yeah, calf injury. Didn't uh, practice at all yesterday. Definitely got my eye on this one. There's not really a hint yet of whether he's going to play or not, as far as I can tell, but it does make me nervous. One thing that I think is kind of a hint, you can already see this under D'Amico Ryans. You don't practice much, you're not likely to play. That's been the trend there. That's you know, there are certain coaches, it. we'll talk about one in about 30 seconds, where you can go DMP, DMP, limited on Friday, and be off the injury report. I don't think D'Amico Ryans falls in that category, so I'm with Stefania. Keep an eye on Nico Collins being unavailable this weekend. Noah Brown would see a larger role I'd if like that's that. the case. I just picked up and Noah Brown. Brown. No, I love Nico could... Collins. Nico, if you heard that, I didn't yes. mean that yes. personally. I just mean, you know, <laughs> Noah Brown's on my roster. So. Robert Woods uh, did return to practice yep. yesterday as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Limited basis. So we'll see. That's a big one to be able to monitor as well, figuring that out. And Stefania, we got Ken Walker the third as well. What can you tell us about him? Third time on the injury report, third different problem. He's played through the other two things. I think he'll play through the listed with the chest injury, but we didn't hear anything big out of Seattle. I think he'll be fine. This was the coach I was referencing. We're like, Kenneth Walker the third could literally not practice all week. And people be like, yeah, feel great about him. Going to give him 35 <laughs> catches on Sunday. Or but the carries one, on Sunday. He, we really thought that he was, there was something major, yeah. like didn't work back to at back, all. No knees of the calf, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's off the injury report, had like 25 carries right. on Sunday. Right. Normal he's doing the best that he can. Know to your really, coach. Know your coach uh, speak. Coach speak index. Yeah. Coach speak. That's out. right. Shout really out to Coach fantastic. speak index. Uh, There's another one of those things. Ken Walker the third just keeps holding off Zach Charbonnet over and over and over again. This dude has been got to find the end zone though. He has not found the end zone for uh, three straight games here for KW the third. Keep an eye out too, David Montgomery could be returning this week. Yes. Very excited about that. We will talk about those Lions running backs in a little bit. Thank you so much, Stefania. Make sure you follow oh, her on pleasure. the X. Go wear my Kyle Pitts shirt. That's right. At Stefania <laughs> underscore ESPN. Go follow her there for all the incredible stuff that she does. Thank and you very much, And if you do Stephania. end up shopping at Supreme, use the code <laughs> Bell for 12% off. 12%. What's your, what's your Cartier? Uh, Make sure you it. Bella. Oh, Bella. I like that. Bella. That sounds more Bell. designer. That's a lot better. We'll go, yeah. I like Italian. 20% off. Yeah. Yes. Promo code Bell. <laughs> that's so so then like the, the, the ring you buy will only be 45,000 bucks. That's right. To, that's right. To 85,000. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Stefania. All right, Field, let's pay some bills before we talk about a Thursday night football recap. Hopefully the bills aren't the size of a Cartier purchase. Oof. Geico says, are you overwhelmed by insurance? Yep. Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be. Do you guys smell that? <laughs> I mean, Mike did just walk into the studio, so I'm not sure what you're referencing. I think he might have a Dr. Pepper in his pocket. <laughs> That's the scent of a fresh, either fresh turf or the freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet DP from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back, and this year things are heating up. 
We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, getting ready to break down the Week 10 slate. But first, we have a quick Thursday night football game. Yeah, We're going to get through this as quickly as possible. There was not a lot of fun in this one as far as I am concerned, guys. Maybe you watched it. And we're done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That good was recap. It. We the score yeah. is up on the screen. We're good. Yeah, we are. We pretty much are done. Uh, 16, there was one, yeah, one player above 11 fantasy points last night. That uh, was, of course, Deontay Foreman with no clue. Herbert back last night for the Bears. Foreman mm-hmm. dominated backfield touches once again. I expect Herbert back by week 11, at which point Deontay Foreman's stock will go down. And I think there's a chance that with Herbert, Foreman, and Rashawn Johnson back in the mix, that none of them are actually startable in a given week. It's going to be a free Fringe yeah. start for Cleo Herbert, mm-hmm. but I think Deontay Foreman has earned enough of a role that Herbert's workload will be less than prior to his injury. Yeah, maybe it's just tough. I mean, Foreman was a healthy scratch early on in the season. I, I hear you. I hear you. Things I'm worried about that too. I'm wondering if it's going to be Herbert and Foreman as the one-two punch, and maybe and Roshan is kind of like the odd man out. Phase out. We'll yeah. see though. I mean, they've used Foreman in the passing game a little bit as well. Uh, the snaps were kind of close though because they were utilizing, especially in hurry-up situations. Johnson was on the field, but it's going to be an interesting dynamic. But I think Herbert kind of kind of took that 1A job and was starting to separate himself. So maybe it takes a week before he does that again. I'd still have a little bit of optimism that he could at least be a flex option, but yeah. I hear you. Uh, Added risk now. Four straight starts for Tyson Bajant in which a wide receiver from the Bears has not scored a touchdown. Imagine that. So Justin yeah, Fields, come on back. back. And it sounds like Justin Fields has a real shot to be back yeah. in week 11. We'll ask Stefania about that early next week, but yep. the Bears have kind of indicated that could be in the cards. Don't feel good about any of that. If you're looking at these Carolina Panthers, honestly, we talked about basically two guys that we were interested in. Maybe Chuba Hubbard, if you needed to use a running back. And then it was Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, unfortunately, was just disappointing last week, Mike. Or not last week. Yes, last last, week. Last week he was. He was again this week, although he did have 10 targets. So he's had the one in terms of last week was a dud in terms of low volume and low production. This one, at least the volume was back. He's had so many good games with Bryce Young that I'm not super worried about this. Even the best players in the NFL have little mini slumps like this, and we didn't expect him to play at that top five level every single week like he was for about six straight weeks there. So I'm still okay with Thielen. Maybe we rank him a little lower next week, but still a guy we're going to have as a lineup line. How many players are commanding like a 27% target share almost every single week? 10 out of the 38 targets last night went to Adam Thielen. If that number is going to hover where it has been for the majority of this season, he's still going to be in my lineups most every week. I know these past few weeks have been very disappointing, but as I said, yesterday in the show going into it like what you got in the first six weeks from Adam Thielen was gravy right mm-hmm. like no one expected this out of Adam Thielen to begin the season so I can't be as down on Adam Thielen as I am on guys as I am on guys who I took in the first five rounds who perhaps are underachieving yeah halfway through the season he's on the short list of fantasy MVPs for yeah. sure oh, I mean yes. in the top five top Best 10 values uh, for, for sure. sure by the way yeah. uh little little the gap kind of closed on the Panthers running backs. Chuba Hubbard in this game, 27 snaps. Sanders, who kind of picked up more in the second half, 23, but it's only 10 yards and four touches for Sanders. It's just not happening there. Uh, And by the way, negative five rushing yards for Miles Sanders last night. I I will say this, though. The Bears, low-key, dominant against the run. Lowest yards per carry in the NFL. They've been really, really good. So there is that, but still... I'm not going to feel good starting in, in either of these guys going forward. No, I mean, no. if you had if you had to pick one, it's Hubbard. But 
No, it's it's a mess. Yeah. I, I think you can feel comfortable. Like, go ahead and look at the Panther schedule for the rest of the season. And if you have the flexibility and you need a defense, grab whoever they're playing in mm-hmm. a given week if they're available because that offense is just petrified. It's just ter- just terrible right Not now. Not good. When you look at these two teams, honestly, like just really quickly with the Bears, Justin Fields comes back. We got two starters, well, three starters on this team. It's Justin Fields, it's DJ Moore, and we're starting DJ Moore if, if Justin Fields is back and yeah. Cole Komet. Cole yeah. Komet. For these Panthers, it kind of just feels like it's Adam Thielen. Is there anyone other One than man Adam man. Thielen? No, that's it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't Not touch feel anyone great. else. Don't uh, love that. By the way, Eddie Pinheiro, shout out Eddie Pinheiro. Kind of you know put in what? a tough spot last night. Yeah. Not not really fair. I mean, uh, you know, they, they put him 59-yard field goal. Like, that was a tough spot. Uh, you know, it's the best field goal percentage in the NFL since the start of 2021. I'm going to go with Eddie Pinheiro. Eddie Pinheiro. Really? Yeah, not Justin Tucker, not, not anyone else. Not Daniel You've Carson. You've invested interest in Harrison Eddie Butker. Pinheiro. Yeah, shout out to him. I mean, okay. he's, a, he's a good story. He is a good story. Yeah, yeah moved, uh, moved to the, the States when he was young yep. and kind of worked his way up, played soccer, and uh, he's really good. He has like kind of an odd style of kicking as yeah. well, and he's yeah. just so good. And by the way, Former eight of nine all-time beyond 50 before this game oh, as well. So man. he's... That's tough. The guy is is money in the bank. So Jim uh, Fine by Caroline. Just want to give him a shout out because okay. he was kind of... You he know, the game was on the line. They yeah. put him in like a really tough spot there with almost a 60-yard field goal. Came up short, but... Yeah, fourth and 10 and almost a 60-yard field goal. The offense didn't give him a lot of a right. lot of help in that scenario. Right, and when you spend some time in your annual schedule on kickers, sometimes you get a share a note. <laughs> you got to open the open the book sometimes. You know, doesn't Mike Reese do that? At the end yes, of every week, yes, he, he, he so. empties the notebook on the social media. That's what I'm doing. Just I'm so proud, some of, you. Ran, I'm random so proud of you for having kicker nuggets. Hey, that's what I'm here for. All the, all the you. spots. Yeah. All the, all I, the I've positions. Been, I've been watching count. Pat McAfee bring on a bunch of random people, try to kick field goals all college football season. <laughs> How long of a field goal day. do you think you could actually oh, kick? Me? Not, I don't know. 20 yards, maybe? You think maybe 20? Maybe. You think you could do 20? I think I would be one of them guys that hit someone in the face <laughs> and right over there. Right over here. You know, it's the Madden meme that always comes up on Twitter. Right where it's like, you know, you see the visual and it's like your kick is lined up here and just goes like 45 degrees. To yeah, the the opposite direction. That would be, I don't, it's, it's not the length that has been bothering these people. It's the trajectory and, uh-huh. and, and just like the, the straightness of it. People yeah. just can't seem to kick a football directly in front of them no. in the air. I it is so it. hard. It is very difficult to do that. I don't think I kick it right. That's part of the problem. But anyways, I've I tried. I'm not good at it. Do it nope. well. No, kicking football is I'm gonna a lot harder. I'm going to stick to uh, projecting yeah. kickers. Yes. yes. Not playing Three of kickers. us are the peak athletic ability people around this company. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Jates, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp. We are about to dive into the Week 10 preview. This is going to be the second part of our preview. If you want to check out Part 1, Field and I did that yesterday, so go check out yesterday's podcast. We also talked a little bit about Veterans Day, too. Veterans Day was a very big thing Yeah, happy Veterans Day, by the way. Happy Veterans Day to you. It is today. Yes. So happy Veterans Day to all those out there, all the veterans. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting us and for being a part of the things that makes America great. All right, let's talk about this team. We're going to dive in. Kyler Murray is back, Fields Yates. Understanding we've seen these Arizona Cardinals with Josh Dobbs under center. We saw them with Clayton Toon for a little bit. What is this offense going to look like with Kyler Murray back? I'll start with Kyler himself. This reminds me of our week one conversations when so many of our conversations leading into week one were, it's not so much what I know is going to happen. It's what I wonder what will happen. And specific to Kyler Murray, there is one thing above all else that I'm keeping my eyes on for fantasy on Sunday. Does he run? And if so, how much does he run? Because if he runs a plenty like he has in the past, he was a top eight rushing quarterback last season, despite tearing that ACL in early December, then you're going to have a starting quarterback available Mm -hmm. for you, either on the waiver wire still, or perhaps as your backup. And if you have a struggling star or you're in the thick of bye weeks coming up in the next few weeks, you might have a replacement for a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen, one of those guys that has still yet to hit his respective bye week. Uh, But 
We also know that coming off of an ACL tear, a team Mm -hmm. is likely to be judicious with Kyler Murray. That is my big observation of the weekend is how much does he run? Because Mm -hmm. Kyler's secret sauce as a fantasy quarterback has always been that other than Lamar Jackson and maybe Jalen Hurts and one or two other quarterbacks, he's as good as there is as a scrambler in the entire league. Yep. I'm with you. The way I projected this is full passing compliment. You know, he should take 100% of the drawbacks, but I scaled back his design runs. Got to I do think that's perfectly reasonable. So, yeah, yeah about right. half. So huh. I think that uh, that moves him from maybe back-end QB1 in a offense that hasn't been great so far to more of a mid-pack QB2 this week, and that's enough to mm-hmm. have him on your bench but yep. not in your lineup. I will say this, though. If you're in a tough spot, you know, three of the best quarterbacks in fantasy are in a bye this week. They're playing Atlanta. Most fantasy points over-expected to quarterbacks this season. This is a really good matchup. It's at home in Arizona, and I, I'm telling you, I just want to see that first run. Yeah. Give me that first scramble. I want to see it, and then yeah. I'm going to feel good about him going this forward. This one feels tougher to me, Field, because of the fact that normally we would say, Stefania says this all the time, there's a big th- big difference between return to play and return to performance, right? Yeah. I wouldn't want to start a quarterback on his first week coming back, especially a guy that is mobile like that. But given the three QBs are on a bye and how bad quarterback has been mm-hmm. and how good that matchup is that Mike just talked about, it's almost like you're almost talking yourself into Kyler in spite of the fact that you don't want to. You know, if you're one of those people that when you draft a Mahomes or a Hurts or an Allen, or whoever says, I'm not going to bother with a backup quarterback because the guy has one week of utility as long as my guy stays healthy. You might be in a pinch this weekend where everybody else had mopped up the various backup quarterbacks on waivers already. Kyler could be your option, but in a perfect world, you'd like to see it for one week before you feel fairly confident in starting Kyler Murray. As far as the guys around him, Daniel, he's better, right? I mean, he's better than the other guys that have been playing under center so far for Arizona. He's a better passer than Josh Dobbs. He's a better passer than Clayton Toon. And Hollywood Brown has quietly been one of the busiest receivers in the entire NFL this season. Over his last eight games, 72 targets. Do the math. That's nine per game. Mm -hmm. So stock up a little bit for Hollywood Brown and Trey McBride, who has been a top five tight end over the past four weeks, even with a relative down week last week. But as Mike told us, the Browns were the best defense in terms of limiting opposing tight ends in the NFL this season. So not a major surprise. General stock up for every pass catcher in Arizona. Those are the two that we care about the most. Yeah, Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens with McBride. Uh, Although Zach Ertz had a pretty good, actually a really good target share with Kyler Murray. Obviously, Ertz is on IR, so you would expect McBride to step right in there. So a different scheme this year from what Kyler's been in in the past. We'll see how that works out. But obviously, Josh Dobbs loves throwing to tight ends. He does. Yes, he does. (laughs) uh, We'll see if that uh, transfers over to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray still available in 50% of fantasy leagues on ESPN. I think a worthwhile stash. And the Mm -hmm. Cardinals could very well have their running back back this week. And James Conner, the team did open up the practice window for Conner on Wednesday. Uh, The team released Tony Jones yesterday. Not that Tony Jones was some huge part of their offense, but when you are trimming your running back room by one, it might forecast that you're going to beef it up by another by Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Connor was a top 23 running back in each of the first three weeks. He got hurt in his fifth game of the season, but in his four full games, 60 touches. James Conner is what he is in this very quirky game that we play when it's really hard to figure out what a guy is going to do from one week to the next James Conner tends to be pretty darn steady, Mike. Yeah, I'm Bad with you. He's, I, yeah, it is a tough matchup. The Falcons have not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back this Crazy. season. So that yeah. uh, that is tough for sure. But I like what I've seen from Conner this season. He got off to a really hot start, played four full games, was RB21 those weeks, 5.4 yards per carry, yep. which is outstanding. 16 plus touches in three of those games, 70 plus yards in all three of those games is two touchdowns. So he's been really productive. He's kind of what we hoped for, maybe a little better than what we hoped for coming <laughs> into the season. And now, of course, this offense should be better. Also, Amari DiMarcado, probably going to miss this. Out as well. Yep. So uh, 
Uh, you know, I mentioned you mentioned Tony Jones out. They'll probably bring someone back in to be the third running back. But it, they cut Damien Williams from the practice squad yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think they bring of, someone back, but yeah. it should be Connor and, and Ingram probably is the one-two punch. Connor should probably play a bit, a pretty big role yep. in his return and should be in lineups. I love that. I would love to have James Conner back. He's one of those guys I've been waiting to get back into my lineup and feel like you said it. Mm-hmm. Not the most sexy of guys, but someone that when you need a guy to be able to fill He's in, no he does a little Jason bit of everything. Kelsey. Exactly. Right. <laughs> He's not Jason Kelsey. In terms of That's sexiness. True. That's right. Or or Travis, right? Because wait, Travis won. Travis won. No, Jason is one of the finalists. A final? I don't know. For Sexiest Man Alive, according right. to People Magazine. Okay. I thought, Did you see that Taylor Lautner got Sexiest Podcaster Alive? I thought that was incredibly disrespectful it. of the two of you, but... We can have that debate on a different show. That's ridiculous. What about the comedy category? Oh, we we won that. We, we got that. Okay, we brought yeah. that one. Right. We beat out, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Matt Reif or something? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know. It's confirmed. Matt Reif. My wife says he's very attractive. Okay. Yeah. That's Noted. what it is. All right. Yeah. That's fair. Let's move on. Talk about the Colts running backs. About. Yeah, I don't know Matt Reif. I'm going to look it up though when I get home. He's handsome. Colts running backs. We got a situation here where last week, it feels like we finally, Mike, saw this table turn Mm. into the Jonathan Taylor show. We've been waiting Mm -hmm. to see it not be a split backfield, unless you're a Zach Moss manager, in which case you were hoping that stayed for longer than what everyone else did. But it looks like this is the Jonathan Taylor backfield. Yeah, I think so. I don't think Moss will go away completely, and he's going to irritate us with goal line carries occasionally, and he's going to have some big plays and score some touchdowns. And uh Maybe you have some deeply flex appeal, but Taylor did take some control last week. 75% of the snaps, 18 yeah. carries, five targets in that game, 23 touches. He's sixth in the NFL in touches over the last four weeks, and that was with Moss more involved uh, earlier on, not last week, but before that. So uh, Taylor uh, playing New England. So they've allowed a running back touchdown seven of nine games, yep. which adds some appeal here. Uh, yeah, I think he's now back in the RB1 conversation where, again, I think Moss is now reduced to more of a flex in a deeper league sort of format. Well said by Mike there. Uh, Germany game, of course. Can't wait for that one on Sunday morning. Yeah, that'll uh-huh. be fun. That's right. Super early again. Not really a lot to add. Yeah. Yeah, Patriots. I mean, I mean, that's it. What listen, it is, right? He's, he's he's RB four for me. RB five for me is Jonathan Taylor. The Patriots allow the second fewest yards per carry this season. So perhaps if Jonathan Taylor gets the job done on Sunday, it'll be either because he pays off with a touchdown or he finds I don't know five targets once again. But I feel very yeah. comfortable with Jonathan Taylor. Such a running back lives. friendly, yeah, yeah, fast paced running back friendly yep. offense, yeah. But the last couple of weeks, we felt like Zach Moss was at least worthy of like a low end flex play. It feels like this week we're out on him being that, given yeah. how we've seen this workload change. I'm yes. at 31, but yeah, I'm so. at 31. But he's one of them guys. You're just like, you know what? If he scored twice, I wouldn't be shocked. No, of course, his offense yeah. is so it's nice, to, yeah. so generous to running backs. He's not the worst dart throw if you're you're in a tough spot there. All right, let's talk about the return of David Montgomery within these Detroit Lions. Do you think, Field, with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs now sharing this backfield, we've seen Montgomery run it, we've seen Gibbs run it. How's it going to look with both of these guys in the fold? Uh, a remix from what we talked about on Wednesday, but mm-hmm. we feel confident, I feel confident, I think you guys agree this comp- with this confidence, that when the two of them play, David Montgomery still has fantasy value. That's my RB16 for this week. What we don't know is whether when the both of them play, Jameer Gibbs will have fantasy value as well, because prior to the David Montgomery injury that he just came back from, Gibbs did not have value, at least much value, when he was playing with David Montgomery. But David Montgomery had a significant snap share edge, a significant edge in terms of carries. He did not have the edge in terms of targets. But he scored all the touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs did not score any of the touchdowns with David Montgomery Mm -hmm. on the field together. What we're going to find out is, has Jameer Gibbs impressed the coaching staff enough that he has earned a bigger role? As a result, his value goes up. Montgomery's value probably goes down a little bit. I have David Montgomery as RB16. Jameer Gibbs is RB21, Mike. Yeah, a lot of times when uh, there's a veteran situation like this with Montgomery and then the flashy rookie that was a first-round pick, 
it's always like, come on, get the vet out of the way, but and you know, give us more touches for yeah. the rookie. But just eye test just runs alone, just focused on carry so far this season. I'd say Montgomery passes that eye test. He looks good. He looks Big superior, time. frankly. He's I think absolutely. he's looked awesome, way better than... I mean, we we always know knew, known he's like a really good back. He had a slow start to his career, but super efficient in college, and that is converted over to the NFL. Uh, but I think he has kind of earned that job. He earned it in camp, and he's gotten the look, so I'm with you. I think Montgomery uh, is going to come back now with fresh legs, healthy, and yep. is going to take back that job. Gibbs will still be fantasy relevant, but it's going to be somewhat game script dependent. If they're trailing, he's going to have more value. If they're behind, it might not be as great. I have, I see it a little bit more optimistically for Jameer Gibbs, but we're all in the same range. You guys have Gibbs as a flex play this week. It's so odd that you like a lions player more than Mike and I do. You know, that's tough. It's gotten into you. I'll tell you what the eye test has gotten into me with Jameer Gibbs. He looks sweet. Yeah. I think there is a confidence that he has that he didn't have the first couple of the weeks of the season. And I think him being able these last two weeks, being able to be the guy, Mm -hmm. break a couple of those big runs, Runs, get in the end zone. We were waiting for that to happen. I think we're going to see a different Jameer Gibbs with different level of confidence. These two running backs, I think, are going to be very fun. I actually yeah, have Jameer Gibbs as a top 20 running mm-hmm. back this week. It looks like you guys both have him outside the top 20. You guys want to board bet me? Sure Whoa. do. You want to do a little board bet on yeah, this? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. I'll make this fast. I say Jameer Gibbs is not a top 20 running back in week 10. What he said. I say Jameer Gibbs is a top 20 running back in week 10. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. So I, I just, I have a little bit of a short-term memory thing going on right now, but yeah. how did those board bets go last week? Yeah, it was I don't not. remember. Uh, no one knows. No one tracks them, so nope. uh, there's no way to okay. know. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'll have to go check the tape. Oh, yeah, Monday, that's a not Monday a bad show. idea. Check, yeah. check that tape. Uh, not yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. You Detroit guys, you Lions. know what, though? Because, here's what I'll do. To be generous, because I let you guys have T. Higgins, I, I let you guys have Gabe Davis over T. Higgins last week. Oh. I'll give you T. Higgins over Gabe Davis oh. this week. Uh, I think we're at board time. Bet. Time to move on to the next segment, I think. See what he did there. Comedy he's guy. He's on a bye week. He's got jokes. No, T is on a bye. What? Gabe Davis. Well, he's out. He's, no, he's not. Oh, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's out. I meant not on a yeah, bye. Yeah, see, I don't know what I'm talking about. Not going to be there. I might, it might be a comedy week. podcast. It doesn't mean we're accurate. Like, we don't. <laughs> mean, we know what we're saying. I just say words sometimes, you know? That's sometimes that's what we do here. Eventually, you get to the end. Yeah. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus Field Jates, Mike Clay and Daniel Dot making our way through our week 10 preview part two field. What Browns do you think that we can start against this Baltimore Ravens defense? Who do you feel confidence in? Ooh, confidence. I feel confidence in David and Joku because there aren't that many good tight ends. In okay, fantasy. that's a fair. Otherwise, one. I do not feel confident in any of them. And here are the reasons why. Sean Watson faces a Baltimore Ravens defense that has allowed a total, a total of 99 fantasy points for the entire season. CJ Stroud had about 42% of that last, <laughs> last week. week. Okay, yeah. so some perspective there. Should we talk about that a little bit about their their schedule? Uh, the Ravens I schedule. It, I posted about this on social. Did you see that going forward or from up to this uh, point? Both, both. Really, really the quick. Yeah, the Ravens take... haven't played a good quarterback in yeah. two years. It's absurd. Right. It makes no sense how they have not. I mean, I get it. They played Joe uh-huh. Burrow in the season when he was yeah, hurt. week two when he was hurt. Yeah. He, they have not played a good quarterback in like three years. It yeah. makes so, no sense to so me. So really quick, let me take this. It'll take like fifteen seconds. So far, they face C.J. Stroud in his de- in his debut yeah. in the NFL. Then Burrow not hurt Minshew. Thompson Robinson, Kenny Pickett, Tannehill and Malik Willis. That was a game Tannehill left. Jared Goff, Josh Dobbs, Geno Smith. Going forward, starting this week, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, healthy now. Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, Tua, and Kenny Pickett to Ooh. finish the season. Way different. Way different. Way but different. Last, remember last year when they were like hanging on by a thread? It was like, and, and they're so impressive. I'm not trying to take away, but it makes no sense to me. When I watch the Jets play freaking Hall of Famers every single week, yeah. and the Ravens are playing like the ghost of whatever, like 
I don't even know. Like, name an, an old school quarterback from the AFC Earl North. Yeah, sure. Wow. That that's, that's not the North, but yeah. Okay, anyway, close <laughs> enough. Yes. Anyways, I digress. Uh, but still, they're nasty on defense. And Deshaun Watson has not been great so far this season. Uh, I've got him as quarterback 24 this week. Amari Cooper faces a Baltimore Ravens defense and perhaps is tied to the quarterback play, but they've allowed the few, third fewest points to opposing wide receivers. I have him as wide receiver 25, though. I noted this last week. Four of his five highest yardage totals this season have yep. come with Deshaun Watson. So, Cooper's still close on that uh, wide receiver three radar for me. And was it you that, that maybe you already said this, but was it you that just said he's had over 100 air yards in every single game? Uh, you know, yeah. Mike likes the air yards. <laughs> Is that yeah. Mike's stat? Was that a you stat? Yeah, you okay. guys love air yards. I yeah. can tell you love air yards. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, that uh, means he's yeah, he getting does. looks and usage in this offense. And That's the it. Ravens have also faced the second most pass attempts this season because teams yeah. have to throw on them. So uh, I'm optimistic about Cooper, and I think the Ravens, their defense is very good. They have plenty of talent on that side of the ball. They're going to be good, but sometimes the teams put up historic or elite numbers because of the schedule. Like it's just a, it's just a factor, right? There's a difference between playing Sean Mannion or Patrick Mahomes, right? Absolutely. And like you see that in the schedule. So oh, yeah. I think the Ravens defense will come back to earth a little bit. I like the over on Watson's pass attempts this week, and I think uh, I'm not going to start him. Don't get okay. me wrong; like I'm not going that far. Not in this matchup. But I think that uh, the Ravens defense will start to see come back to Earth. Do you recall when the Patriots uh, in Tom Brady's last season were 8-0 to begin the year and the defense was the MVP of fantasy yes, football? Oh, exactly. Man. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, they started to play not pumpkins. 100%. And yeah. it came back down to Earth in a pretty dramatic way. Yeah, and way. by the way, you can you can only play who's on your schedule, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, not no one's controlling I mean, it. Yeah. If Baltimore had like average defensive numbers, but that schedule would be like, uh-oh, yeah. this is going to be a problem. Right. Yeah. They're dominating. So I still think they'll be a problem for opposing offenses, but not to this extent. I don't think we have to be concerned that they're just going to like hold two at 85 yards or something. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I'll ask Mike this uh, about the running backs. Is it the cream hunt job right now because Oof. of the goal line utilization or is it Jerome Ford job because of the overall volume? Or yeah, does it not matter which one of these running backs it is against this Ravens team? Um, I would, I would say flex that at most, okay. I think that Ford's a guy, he's coming off a career high 25 touches last yeah. week. So yeah. I, I'm going to take that to the bank all day long. You get that much usage. You're the preferred guy. So we did downgrade a bit for the matchup. The Ravens not as dominant against running backs as they have been passing games, uh, but Ford is is the preferred guy over Hunt here, I would say. You said you were going to take the over on pass attempts for Deshaun Watson. Damn. Your playbook comes out every single week. One of the best things to be able to read here. Your sports betting playbook, also a big thing here. Is that out right now? Yeah, we have the, the fantasy playbook and the betting playbook. It's, if it's not up now, it will be up uh, very shortly. Now, this as, is as of the time of the way. This, so. Speaking of betting, if you are watching this on TV right now, or if you're listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube or whatever you like to do with the fantasy However focus, you consume us. 6 p.m. Eastern time, Let's go. Friday night, ESPN bet live debuts. It's kind of, it's, it's daily wager, but it's rebranded 6 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN too. That's right. Bigger um, and better. So I'm not on the show. Are you guys on the show? I don't know. I do DVD. not believe Waiting so. For my schedule. All right. We'll so say. those guys might be on it. I have been on the show in like a year and a half, but these guys are on like four or five times a week. <laughs> Daniel hosts the show often, so mm -hmm. if you want more of these two, which I don't blame you if you do, 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Go uh, check it out. Joe Fortenbaugh, Tyre Fulgham, Aaron Dolan. Dolan. I'm yep. sure a bunch I'll of other people. I'll bet Anita Marks is going to be there. Marks. Oh, yeah. They're home. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's in town. They're going to be in studio. Okay. Oh, not really. Yeah. yeah, Tyler Fulgham flew in from Triple G. That's they do that so live, right? Yeah. yeah. They do that live. Yeah, yes, totally. yeah. they do that. Yeah, I have to, I have to give them a hard time. Maybe When do I get to talk to him? Sunday? Yeah. Probably Sunday, yeah. Baloney sandwiches. That's it. Mm. All right, let's move ahead. Let's talk about Save the other side Sunday. of this game. We talked about the running backs. You asked Field. You asked Mike about this. Mike, I'm going to ask you now. Other side of this, do you like 
Keaton Mitchell? Do you like uh, Justice Hill? Mm-hmm. Do you like Gus Edwards? How are you looking at this Ravens running back room with the way that it's been utilized the last couple this of weeks? This is tough. I mean, I totally get it. This is one of them conversations we argue about all the time. Like, how do you bench a guy that just scored that just all these touchdowns? All that? Like, we had this with Gabe Davis with four touchdowns in a row. How do you bench him? We've had these conversations before. Von Achan, right? I mean, everything yeah. you did earlier this yeah, season. Yeah, like, uh, Edwards last week played 14 snaps. You don't yeah. start guys in fantasy, especially Correct. running backs who play 14 snaps. So, could it bounce back and he plays 55% of the snaps this week? Absolutely. It's possible, but I'm definitely nervous, which is why if I'm ranked 23rd, I know you guys, you guys are right on as well at 23rd. So uh, tons of touchdowns, three straight top 10 fantasy weeks. I get the appeal. There is some flex uh, appeal here to use the same word. Um, as for the other guys, I think I would say, away. Justice Hill hasn't been too productive in fantasy since yeah. the two touchdown game in week one and Keen Mitchell, same kind of thing. Huge game, didn't play much yet. And oh, they, by the way, added to the injury report yesterday. Yeah, and well. yeah, so, who knows if he's going to play. That was a hamstring, right? Hamstring so that's a red flag injury. for yeah. sure. Um, um, yeah, so we're just going to have to take this down. We'll see. If, if Mitchell's out, that helps Gus for sure. But this is a tricky one. Snaps. What a crazy number. Yeah. This, Five this touchdowns over his past two weeks. Absurd. Absurd. Yeah. yeah. I would uh, I would say if you can stay away, you'd do that. Yeah. But if you have to pick one, it's, it's Gus Edwards for another week. Wow. Keaton Mitchell, the number two added player over the last seven days, because people are like, you know what? How do you not add roster well, a guy like that? At least four important teams on a buy. There were yeah. so many randos added this week on Ram on waivers. Mm-hmm. Are we, uh, are we still in on this Gabe Davis roller coaster guys? I know. I think I'm the one that's usually standing in line. Are you guys standing in line? With gonna, me? How about we ask you? Yeah. You? I, how are you no, feeling now? Yeah. Here's the thing. Gabe Davis is one of this. He, he, there's just so much ebb and flow with his game, right? When uh, he's putting games yeah. together, I like being able to try to follow it when not. I understand why there's a reason, especially in this offense. I'd rather play Dalton Kincaid than play Gabe Davis. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I figured this out for you, Daniel. You play a lot of daily fantasy. Just leave Gabe Davis in your in your daily DFS fantasy line considerations. Your lineup. Yeah, just, right. just worry about him there. Don't worry about him in season-long fantasy. Because he's, I mean, over the past three weeks, here's the good news. He has 10 catches, 3.33333 per game. Yeah. Unfortunately, nine of those came in one of those three games. Well, that sucks. <laughs> so, like, you can choose which part of the experience you want to be a part of. I don't. I think maybe you're right. The DFS setup, and and then yeah, I just gonna stay away here. In so wait, are, are you stripping him of 49er status then? Um, Ooh, no, he's not a 49er. No, if you're he's not. gonna be traded to the 49ers, probably for a compensatory pick at some point, right? I think he's gonna go replace MVS in in uh, Kansas City when he retires. Oh, that's, 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 that's a future good probably. one right there. So, so uh, like what you're saying, Mike, is that he's even a notch below, and that that's a reasonable take. No, I'm to asking have. you that. I mean, I'm 30th, so I still think he is a 49er, which no, means we're starting him anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. because. What I'm fearful of is that he goes zero catch, nine catch, one catch, and then he has like 12, and I tell you, don't start him. That's exactly yeah. how it's going to I think work. he's against the Broncos on Monday night. Yeah. I think we, we all of them ranked in that wide receiver three slash flex range. He's and you just pray because, to your point, his last five finishes seventh, 84th, 88th, ninth, and one underneath. <laughs> he could be a weak winner. Or he could completely crush it. Do that one more time. Do the seventh, seventh, eighty fourth, eighty eighth, ninth, one underneath. So he was either top ten or outside the top top eighty. Yes, we have a more (laughs) preposterous finish coming up in just a couple of moments that I can't wait. If you think those Gabe Davis numbers are appalling, Uh, wait till I give you one in about five minutes from right now. Oh wow, I'm ready for that. More ridiculous. I can't wait. All right, not just Gabe Davis though. Field, how are you feeling about James Cook? Because we've been seeing him unfortunately trending the wrong direction as well. When you said that, we both we both were like this. Uh, I have him as RB17. You know why? Because I like James Cook a lot as a player. Me too. Uh, he's really, really talented. He's super efficient. Yeah. And yet he does he not get nearly as many carries, nearly as many res- uh, targets. Certainly it's not going to get that much goal line work as well. Uh, over the past seven games, how many rushing touchdowns do you think Josh Allen has? 
Seven games, oh, rushing touchdowns. Oh, uh, Five. Six. Wow, really? Six. That's so, more than I would have guessed. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if he's accounting for nearly one per game, not too many teams run for more than one rushing touchdown per game. So, I just don't think that uh, James Cook is nearly as likely to get into the end zone as we would like him to be. He has just two touchdowns so far this season. So, while I really like the player, I can't go any higher than number 17 in my ranks. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. By the way, uh, we talked about this earlier in the week, and you asked me a question, which I didn't have an answer to, which I do now, which oh. is the Broncos' deep run defense. Yeah. Most fantasy points allowed to running backs this season over the last four weeks, ninth most. So, okay, uh, so not it's not that. Yeah, it's not as bad. I think one of them was the Jets game as well. They had a big running game against them yeah, as well. So that long they're, run. They're moving more toward the middle okay. uh, over the last few weeks. So I, I wouldn't say this is a great matchup yep. necessarily, but... Who knows? We don't know which Broncos D is going to show up. Maybe yeah. it is, but uh, nonetheless, Cook just not getting enough volume. It doesn't have much of a ceiling, and the floor has been low lately. And there's a lot of reasons for concern, which is why for a guy that's playing a well as well as he is, mm-hmm. is still you know in a great offense. By the way, is still like a, a borderline top twenty option. Yeah, it's very frustrating because we love. I, I love James Cook. I talked about this earlier on in the week. He's so explosive. You see him with the ball in his hand. He looks so good out there. But they're using him between the twenties. He's not get a guy that's getting goal line touches. He's not mm-hmm. getting touches inside the five yard line and without more passing game work and some of that passing game work in all honesty, even though I'm frustrated, like I don't want to be too frustrated because it's going to the other guy I like in this offense, which is Dalton Kincaid. Like there is a part now where at least Dalton Kincaid, now that we've narrowed it down to one tight end, very usable top tight end. He might be a top five guy this week. Actually. I think he's your new Bills binky. You think that's who it is? You had a nice run with Gabe Davis. <laughs> I think it's, it's time to move now on it's to about Dalton. Dalton. I think yeah. I'm fine with that. Kincaid's uh, his reception prop this week is five and a half. Wow. That's a pretty generous number for a tight end. And I mean, he wasn't even doing much earlier this season, yeah. but he's had that. I think he's had five, six, and what did he just have? Nine or pounding something? Pounding the over something or what? Like that. I, I'm staying away from that one. It's, really? it's, it's too high for me to get to bet it, bet it. Not enough headroom. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too high, but I also am not going to bet against it. After I sell this shirt off on eBay, I'll have a lot of disposable income and maybe I'll bet it then. Um, by the way, quick update. Uh, the Bengals have, ha- have begun their practice right now as we are recording oh, this. Okay. And uh, Jamar Chase is back out for his second straight day. No T Higgins. Ah, so, yeah, okay. right, yeah. so we, I did scrub T from the uh, projections last night in the okay. rank. So uh, not feeling optimistic. Trent Irwin. You, I, I know you mentioned earlier in the show, Trent Irwin, uh, sneaky, deep, deep sneaky? Play. deeply, yeah. deeply, he play. might be added a lot of volume into, yeah. last time. Yeah. Out. yeah. How much? How much? I think he had like nine targets or something, right? All right. Yeah. Go at him right now. Go, no field. Stop. You're not allowed to do stuff in the middle of the show oh, anymore. Okay. Last time you did that, you left and never came Didn't back. Then you get suspended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about 49ers and Jacksonville Jaguars. Guys, this one feels like a lineup lock palooza. 49ers and Jaguars. It does, yeah. Let's start at the quarterback position field. We got no no Patrick Mahomes, no Tua, no Jalen Hurts like we've talked about. Yeah. Would you rather play Brock Purdy Ooh. or Trevor Lawrence this week? Ooh, man, that's a great question right there. It's close. Um, it is very close. I have Trevor Lawrence ranked two spots ahead of Brock Purdy, but okay. that tells you how I feel about it based off my reaction right there. Brock Purdy this season, I know, like, you know what's crazy is this team scored 30-plus points in each of their first five games. They scored exactly 17 in their past three games. Mm-hmm. All losses, of course. Been a slump. This Jacksonville defense is pretty legit as well. Um, Lawrence, I have ranked higher than Brock Purdy, but I'll be honest with you. Both of these guys, there are, like, there are reasons for optimism and then reasons <laughs> for some pause here, yes. right? Like, mm-hmm. Trevor has one multi-touchdown game in his last seven Brock Purdy, by the way, this season has five games with exactly one passing touchdown or fewer. So is there some risk involved? Sure is. This defense, very good for San Francisco. I think they'd be pissed off this weekend after three straight losses and not holding up enough. So um, I have Trevor Lawrence 12, I'm 10, Brock Purdy 12, but 
Mm. Purdy yeah. feels mm. like the safer floor to me. Trevor Lawrence, if you need really? someone. Yeah. yeah. Well, just because like I, I feel like he always can get you to like 12 to 15 fantasy points. I guess Tre- Trevor Lawrence can do that too. I don't know, Mike, which way are you on this one? Well, this is what's interesting. Neither guy has up, shown upside this right. year. Uh, Purdy has one weekly finish better than ninth. Lawrence's best weekly finish is eighth. So and that was week just, one. Yeah. That was, so I think he was like ninth last time, but that was it. Otherwise it's been kind of like 15th or worse every week. So bad, yeah. that'd be good. Uh, but if you want to pick one, I mean, if you're trying to break the tie here, I do have Lawrence just to add, cause I think he's better and he's played better. Like Purdy hasn't been that good the last three weeks. If you had to pick one Jags, six most fantasy points to quarterbacks, uh, the Niners have had the fifth fewest despite facing a ton of volume top five and pass attempts face. So maybe that pushes you towards Purdy if you want to play the matchups. But I think Lawrence is just a better player, which is why I would lean slightly that direction. Yeah. And it's in Jacksonville, too. All right. Well, we got a bunch of skill position players in this one field when we're talking about Christian Kirk or Calvin yeah. Ridley. We've been going back and forth all season long. I think both of them are starters here this week. Do you prefer one over the other, though, even though both of them are starters? Not by much. I have really two spots ahead of Christian Kirk because he's the more of the upside player play out of these two, but sure. Kirk is the way steadier option, right? He has at least five targets in every game except for week one in which he was a non-factor for reasons that I think the Jaguars probably regret reflecting on it, uh, but Ridley has been up and down. However, his target volume has been better than you might realize. At least seven targets in six of his nine games, which the catches have not always aligned with the targets. I understand that targets are a lot better when you actually haul them in, but the volume has been steadier than I think people who manage who roster Calvin Ridley probably feel. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I just wanted to kind of talk matchups here because believe it or not, the 49ers have allowed uh, the third most fantasy points to receivers. Yeah. A lot of that is volume, but it's also efficiency. Seventh sure. most over expected. So fifth fewest to quarterbacks and, and what lots to receivers and so lots shut to down receivers. positions. Yeah. yeah. So uh, no running yeah. quarterbacks probably they've played. Yeah. Think about yeah. it. Very few yeah. running quarterbacks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So um, it actually is a, it could be a high volume game for Ridley and Kirk and the corners have been a problem for San Francisco to some extent. I think that's part of part of why they got uh, Chase Young now with the pass rush and take some pressure off the secondary. You see that all the time. So uh, by the way, Chargervius charge Charvarius Ward. There it is. Mooney. Call Mooney. It's easier. Is this Mooney. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, he is, uh, he is good. He is their top corner. He does not shadow. So you don't have to worry about him locking on Ridley or anything like that. But his nickname is Mooney and he doesn't shadow. I feel like there's like a moon joke there somewhere. No, mm. guys? Well, no? if he does shadow, we'll, we'll work that in. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll yes. see what we can do. All, All right. right. All right. We'll workshop that. We'll get back to you. What about the other side, the 49ers? You know how much I love Brandon Ayuk, guys. Both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel usable here this week field against these Jaguars. All right. So both of them are actually inside all of our top 10. And yet this one's about not what they've done so far, but what they can do. Right. So. I actually wanted to sort of like get people inside of our brains when we're doing our rankings here. Our rankings, obviously rankings, no matter who you're following, are going to be imperfect, right? Nobody can predict the future that accurately. The rankings are in some ways, though, not just like, look at it like this. The person that I have ranked seventh is like the player that I think is seventh most likely to have the highest outcome of all wide receivers, right? So like guys with lower ceilings, even if they have a higher floor are going to end up dropping a little bit in the rankings because Debo Samuel at wide receiver eight, you're like, how the heck can you have that guy? He has been a top 100 receiver or worse in two of his past three games. He has barely been targeted over the past three games. He was running the football a little bit more, but they have basically Mm -hmm. made him a non-factor in the passing game. My feeling would be this. He's finally healthy, right? He's coming out of the mm-hmm. bye. He's healthy. If you're the 49ers and you scored exactly 17 points in each of your last three games, and you're saying to yourself, what are we going to do to get back on track? Wouldn't one of the answers be 
Give it to the guy who two years ago was the number one wide receiver in all fantasy. That's my bet the 49ers are going to make on Sunday. Get the ball to Debo Samuel. Get the ball to Brandon Ayuk. Both of those guys are top 10 wide receivers as a result of that. Is there risk? Of course there is. They play for the 49ers, the team that we have nicknamed every player that falls in the same category for. But Gotta start them. Yeah. They're both superstar talents, and those guys, I think should be extremely motivated to be utilized a ton coming out of the bye with three straight losses. Yep. How about this too? Uh, the Jags have allowed the most fantasy points to the perimeter yeah. this season. That's where Debo lines most of the time, 70% of the time. Brandon Ayuk is almost 80% of the time. going to be outside. They have decent personnel out there, but they just cannot. It's a lot of volume, inefficient production. Yeah. It's a it's a great matchup for them as well. Yep. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. Set him, set him and forget him. The I'm, ball. I'm so excited about this game because it's like the opposite of the Thursday night football game we're looking at because you're basically able to start both quarterbacks. If you think about it, you're definitely Good, starting yeah. CMC and yeah. Travis Etienne. You're starting Kirk and Ridley and Ayuk and Debo and you're starting both tight ends and George Kittle yeah, and are. Evan Engram. There's basically everyone from these starting lineups you're putting in your fantasy lineup here in week 10, yeah, which is great. The funny thing is, yeah, we're starting all the skill guys. And the only thing that's a question is the quarterback. Yeah. Like, yes, right. Like, they're, they're the guys on the fence. But I'm, yeah. All right. Let's move ahead and talk about Rashad White. He has become one of the most solid fantasy running backs. Mike, do you think that he is a lineup lock? What do you well, think? Boss I man? mean, I have to say yes. Right. Or it'll be in my mentions. I think so. I mean, my, he might be. Anyways. Yeah. Might be in there. Uh, scar tissue there. Yeah. Did you see that performance? Number one. Number one score in fantasy last week. Yeah. It looks pretty good. See that? Pretty good. I did see that. Yeah. He, he has uh, been solid. By the, by the way, I take credit in full for this. Yes. Right. Motivated, 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 yes. Put that yeah. chip on his shoulder. Uh, yeah. Look, he's he's been productive. Three straight top 12 fantasy outings. 11th in points this year. 16th on a points per game basis. He has uh, look. A lot of receiving production. Second mm-hmm. at yeah. running back in routes, receptions, and receiving yards. He's caught 33 of 34 targets. 33 of 34. Yeah. One target has not been One, caught this that's year. That's exactly right. That's so, the craziest efficiency of all time. Yeah, he's been awesome. When Baker's gone his way, it's been converted. It's uh, which is off city. Yeah, which is like it, running backs who have a high catch rate, but like you saw Chicago last night, it was like, obviously I'm watching Roshan Johnson. A lot I liked him as a pro- prospect. It was like, man, like they're throwing it to him, but it's not catchable. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. just a mess. He was frustrated too. So uh, that's an impressive stat by White. He's been reliable, productive. The efficiency as a runner has not been there. It doesn't matter when you're seeing all this volume. So seventeen uh, catches on seventeen targets over his past three games. Yeah, fire so, him up. Fire He's him a, up. just yeah. one of them. Uh, not super exciting. Just fine RB twos. And the week. competition behind him is weak. There's yeah. nobody. There's not a lot of threats there. I might be him. one of the shakiest running back rooms in the NFL. Uh, it's kind of why Mike ranked him that way at the beginning of the season. That, yeah, it's that, funny. Oh, yeah. Funny how that works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's also why we liked White as a, a sleeper in fantasy all offseason because yep. he just didn't have yep. threats in that backfield. Speaking of sleepers, Kate Otten field. Do you think Kate Otten's a sleeper tight end position? Well, 21 targets over his past three games has me intrigued. At oh, least yeah. six in each of those three games. And I mentioned this earlier in the week. I think he's a good football player. Like, I think this mm-hmm. is a talented dude. So uh, between the efficiency of Baker this season, 275 passing yards or two passing touchdowns and six of his eight starts yep. between the fact that this team hasn't been able to run the football effectively. So they do throw the ball a lot and just the recent volume for Kate Otten. Yeah, kind of in. Yeah, sixth in pass routes among tight ends this year. Yeah. And that's, at first, he wasn't producing. And then that has that, all that route running, being on the field, being open, has led to targets. And yeah. now he's been uh, fantasy productive. So I'm with you. I have him 15th, so not a must start, but he's definitely a streaming option. All right, let's talk some Raiders. Okay. Raiders. We had a big conversation earlier this week. Let's revisit a little bit. Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams, given all the coaching changes, given the way that this offense has run, 
We're going to have Aiden O'Connell under center field. Yeah. How are you looking at both Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams in this one? All right. So Adams, of course, we have lowered expectations, although I did offer some glimmers of hope earlier in the week talking about how maybe playing against a zone heavy defense will actually be good for Devontae because the quarterback won't automatically see, you know, whatever the equivalent of uh, Jalen Ramsey or Charles Woodson in their prime. And so okay, I can't throw the ball that way. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's Devontae Adams still commanding a massive target share, but Adams wide receiver 19, probably the lowest I've ever ranked Devontae mm-hmm. Adams because I don't think I was even ranking him in like his first and second season of the NFL when he was it's just crazy yeah. to think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. People wanted to run him out of town in Green uh-huh. Bay. That's how much he struggled out of the gate. So keep that in mind when you're talking about rookies right now that maybe aren't hitting their stride immediately. But Jacoby Myers has seen a bit of a dip. Six targets over the past two weeks. Yep. Six total. So mm-hmm. uh, he's my wide receiver 32. Bad matchup and low volume is not often a recipe for uh, having a player inside my lineup. Mike, yeah, this is tough. Two Aiden O'Connell starts. He has nine targets in all in his other six games. He's he has uh, nine targets per game. Yes. Crazy, uh, yeah. Right? Nine targets, six catches, almost 62 yards, almost a touchdown per game in those other six games. With O'Connell, nine total targets, four catches, 71 yards, no touchdowns. Bailed you out with the rushing touchdown last week. You might get that here or there. You might get him even throwing a touchdown at some point yeah. this season. Uh, he's, he's known to do that. But uh, yeah, I'm very worried about this. I moved him all the way into the 34th. Again, this is a guy that was producing as basically a top 10, top 12 receiver he was awesome. when Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, healthy and playing well earlier this season. But again, you talk about, I know, I know it won't be necessarily manned up all the time, but there's a reason the Jets have allowed the fewest fantasy points to receivers, the fewest uh, to the slot, the fewest to the perimeter. They are still outstanding in that department, and we have to adjust and, and move these guys down a rank. So Adams a little lower, Myers a lot lower. Yeah, the reason why the Jets don't man people up is because everybody's good. So like we just we can just play our guys. Right. We don't right. care who it is. We'll just play them. We'll be awesome. They're like Carl Lawson uh, when he was with Cincinnati, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Healthy yeah. scratch. Just, Dude, Will wait. McDonald, their first round pick, he get on the field. Yeah, he's barely playing too. Yeah. They're, just, they're just stacked. They're yeah, stacked. they are stacked. And Quinn and Williams hasn't had a sack this season, and they're still dominant. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Sacks can be overrated, though. I, yeah, I agree no with doubt. that. The Robert Salah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned this. Uh, check out your fantasy playbook. Check out your betting playbook. Yeah. But Jets always make it under the Shadow Report. Another one of the things oh, that yeah. is always worth reading here. So make sure you go check out Mike Clay's Shadow Report every Thanks, single buddy. week. It's they make one. it easy. It's just like I start with tough matchups. Who's playing the Jets? You just need that reminder. Yeah, that's where it's it starts. Not a long, I don't have to write a lot. Just say, here's who's playing them this week. Is Downgrade them. Next week, uh, week 11 or 12, the Jets play the Dolphins, which might be the best Ooh. sort of like individual matchup positionally in the NFL this season. That's going to be fun because Dolphins wideouts versus Jets corners. I remember there were times where I would, uh, yeah, yeah. I would uh, like tweet about Tyree kill. Why he's so hard to shadow for teams to shadow because he moves around the formation and makes it really tough on defenses. And I actually was at that point, Casey Hayward was one of the best corners in the NFL and they were in the same division. So he would, play against Kansas city and, and Tyree twice a year. And he, I was like trading messages with him. He was like retweeting what I was saying. Cause like, like he would shadow one number one. Like, 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 yes. People are like wondering why he doesn't shadow and shut down Tyreek. It's not his fault. Yeah. Like it's not your fault. That's not your Casey, fault. Like, not your fault. Like he, Tyreek's in the backfield and he's in the slot. Like it doesn't work. It's just, I don't know why more teams don't do that. Like Devonte Adams, put him in the slot more this week. I'm with you. We've seen CD. Uh, we've seen Dallas do that with CD lamb when they played Philly. Like we've, we've seems to work out pretty well. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They just, uh, but they're the best offensive design schemers in the NFL, like Aaron in the world in the NFL. But sometimes you're just like this, this, you know, other teams are doing it. Why aren't, why aren't they tweaking things a little bit and, and trying to maximize your top players? So we'll see. I want to ask you a question, Mike. Do you think that we're wasting our time by stashing Quinton Johnston waiting for this to nope. become a thing? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, he had uh, he's coming off a matchup with the, with the Jets, right? So they yes. just played the Jets. Yeah. yeah. So he had a down game before that. He had four for 50 was starting to trend up a little bit. The playing times there first round pedigree, uh, really good, high scoring pass heavy offense. And he's the number, maybe the number two target. Yeah, he could be the number two target soon. Worst case, number three. Not in lineups, but yes, on benches. Yeah, Josh Palmer, by the way, uh, Brandon Silly was non-committal in her returning at all this season. He didn't wow. say it wasn't going to happen, but he also didn't guarantee that it would happen. So keep an eye out on that one. Uh, this is a tricky one. Yes, all, like there are a lot of underlying metrics that support keeping Quinton Johnson on your roster. And that's where I am going to land for right now. The big thing that Quinton Johnson needs to show right now is that that first round pedigree was deserved, right? Yes. He's not showing or playing like a first round pick. It is very early. And I just highlighted how Devontae Adams was basically, mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, the, the guy could not have been driven to the airport faster in the minds of some after two seasons or almost two seasons in the NFL. So things do change, but uh, it's got to happen in a jiffy here for uh, Quinton Johnson because they really need him. I mean, like they legitimately need a second pass catcher amongst the wide receivers in that offense. They are thinned out in uh, a major I'll t- way. I'll tell you what, if we come in here on say Monday or maybe even the next Monday and we say, yeah, uh, it was Keenan Allen as usual. And then Jalen Guyton out snap Quentin Johnson. That's when you could cut him loose. That yeah, means that's a problem. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. happening this year, yeah. uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think maybe better Keep day. Yeah. Feeling better yeah. about yeah. it. For now, at least worth a bench spot. Yeah. yeah. Five, six bench spots. You should be sitting there. All right. We're going to come back in just one second with our starts of the week. But first, a quick note from our friends over at USAA. Thanks to all the veterans and troops out there who go overseas and, and protect our right to play football and protect the freedoms of everybody. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Jates, Mike Clay, Daniel Dobb, closing out our Week 10 preview. We are at the start of the week segment, Field Jates. Why don't you go first? For some reason, I feel compelled to rip the microphone out of the oh, stand no. when it's time for oh, start of the week. It. And you know, sometimes you just feel like doing something that is objectively crazy. And all the indicators tell you right now to not be in on Bajan Robinson, right? I mean, the coach is having these six-minute filibusters that make absolutely no sense oh. to anybody, probably the coach himself included. And yet... John Robinson, 11 carries and exactly 11 carries in his past two games is going off on Sunday. It's a homecoming weekend for Bajan Robinson going back to Arizona, where he is from, where he was a dominant high school football player. And I think that Arthur Smith is starting to hear all the people out there that are saying, what are you doing, you big goofball? Give the guy the ball. He's your best player. And I think Arthur does that. And then he comes out on Sunday afternoon after the game in which they win. And he says, you're welcome. Specifically to me. John Robinson goes off on Sunday. Heard it here first. He gets touchdown. (laughs) I really want that to be the case. Can I be honest about it? I think you're right, too. Listening to Arthur Smith speak about it, too. It almost seemed like a different guy this week. A little, maybe a little humbling experience last week. And uh, I'm not sure. I I have started. This is when I know that things start to become like a real issue. I've started to hear from people unsolicited around the NFL. They've just kind of asked, like, does he realize what he's saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is the turning of the tides. Yeah, I, I do too. My yeah. favorite, not favorite Falcon stat so far this year is that Janu Smith and Kaderil Hodge have as many carries inside the five-yard line Until as this John Robinson. Until this Sunday. He has one more than us. Yeah, It yeah. is awful. All yeah, right. His explanation was, this really quick, was just essentially that there's plays designed for him, but it's a read. And if it's not, the read's not there. He goes to John U. Smith or someone else. 
but you have to still manufacture the touches for these <laughs> guys. It shouldn't always be a re like, no, no, like, there's context. Like, we're not the defenses are like, guys. should we cover Kadero Hodge or should we cover Bijan? Like, yeah, yeah. they're going to cover Bijan. That's what's going to be funny is, you know, what's going to happen is uh, Bijan's going to end up like not getting a single goal line carry this weekend, but he's going to score like a 47 yard touch. Yes. Yeah, probably. Have like, everything's fixed. 20. Yep. And yeah. fantasy people yeah. will be of like, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my start of the week. Is that my next? Yes, yeah. next? How about this? Taysom Hill. Hey! He's, uh, he is startable now. He's in a role finally where we can get consistent production out of him. Three straight games with at least 16 fantasy points. Handled a career-high 42% of the design runs for the Saints last week. Plus, had a pass attempt. Plus, had five targets. He now has nine or more carries in two straight. Five-plus targets in three of his last four. Top two in the entire NFL and expected touchdowns three straight weeks. He's second on the NFL. He's actually left touchdowns on the table wow, so far this wow, season, scary like thought. by a large margin. So uh, perhaps even better days ahead for Taysom Hill. He has cemented himself in this offense with a big, consistent role. I don't think that's ever been the case for him. It's always yeah. been a roller coaster of how he'd be used. If you know, naturally, he'll have one touch this week. But you know, of course, let's yeah. let's hope not because yes. it looks good over the last month. He's, it has looked so fantastic. I think part of this for me is emotionally getting over all of the like scar tissue that I have from past. Oh yeah. Taysom I might regret Hill. what I just said. Right. No, there's no doubt. Like, I, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, he's doing so much right now. I got to trust him at this yeah. point. And tight end is so bad. He's and, definitely going to healthy scratch on Sunday. Stop, like, yeah. You know, we feel like we have enough space for we're gonna, a game yeah. plan. We're going to use Jimmy Graham this <laughs> week. He's up. All right. My start of the week, the other side, not the other side, but another tight end, just like Mike, I'm talking Jake Ferguson. Hey! Here. Jake Ferguson is looking good. good. One of the things that you're talking about tight end is just really weak. No Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller on IR, Dallas Goddard is out. Cole Komet played on Thursday. So we're looking for other guys to put inside our top 10. Jake Ferguson, a top two tight end over the last two weeks, which coincides with Dak Prescott becoming a better passer within this game. The Giants. They have not really played a real tight end since week three when they took on George Kittle. So I like him here this week. He's at an 18% target share over the last two weeks. I'm all in on Jake Ferguson as a top 10 tight end for you to use here in week 10. Yeah, there you go. I just realized you have Bijan on your shirt. Don't you? No, he's got Drake, I got Drake London. London. Oh, you have London. Oh, yeah. okay. He's got, Drake got, weird he's got Bijan. Yeah. You, have, you have Bijan. All right. I got Kyle Pitts. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well done by Daniel Dopp and Rosie Dopp. That was very yeah. fun. What's no, the name of your clothing apparel shirt. company? Oh, that's a great question. I should I should think of something. You can keep this going. You can do this Dop for all friends. kinds of things. I was yeah. thinking about it. You know what? I'm going to be very honest. I almost yesterday, we were trying to do a thing. You know how they do the Kirk Cousins shirts? Mm -hmm. I had a whole bunch of pictures of you, including a very good shirtless one that we Field and I were going to wear as like a know homage to Mike Clay because you weren't on the Thursday podcast. Like oh, Kirk why Cousins. did you do that? No, you should, well, you because we, I started going in on this. I got too many shirt ideas. I'm trying to figure out how to make, make some it, fun shirts. It's a business. It's gonna be, you're going to retire from fantasy football and just make went, clothing instead. I went, yeah, I want all the I think you should leave theme shirts. I am okay. in on making so a bunch potential. of those. There's That's so right. much potential. Hey, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out Amen. there. We love you guys. We love everyone that watched the show. Thank you for hanging out with us. Good luck. See you Monday. See ya. Secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? 
I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. 